on this episode of the Best of Bias podcast, you got me talking some NFL, man. The NFL season is coming to an end. Playoffs is about to start. There's some crazy things that's been happening in NFL, too. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it and see how you guys feel. Um, we got week 17 to talk about and the results for all that. And then we have week 18 coming up. Um, some of those have results as to where like have implications on playoff standings and things like that. And then since we have no more fantasy football, we're going to slide right in into pop culture. Um, we're going to update you on DeMar Hamlin and the situation that went on. I don't know if you guys saw it on the Thursday night football game. Um, yeah, with uh, um, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, some updates on his condition. We'll talk about that a little more in depth. And then we'll go into the Rolling Stones list of 200, the 200 best singers. Um, yeah, two, 200 best singers of all time. We'll talk about that list and more uh, More so it's going to be kind of specified on the fact that Michael Jackson's at number 86. So we'll talk about that. And then lastly, I got the Avatar uh, 2 review for you guys. I know it's a little late, a couple of weeks out, but I got it. I got it in theaters when it's nice and empty. I don't want to sit by a hell of people. So I got a good review for y'all. I'm a, well, a Lydell De Niro, the style review for y'all and all that good stuff on this episode. I think it's episode 147. Happy Friday. Happy New Year. First episode of two, 2023. Thank you guys for being with us and let's get right into it. Let's not waste no more time. Yeah. It's the best, uh, best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us. From pop culture to the movies to unite us. It's the best, uh, best of bias. Uh, best of bias. Yeah. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Thank you for being here today. Happy Friday. And again, thank you for being a part of the first episode of 2023. Um, it's almost my birthday. We feeling good. Thank you for being here. Um, like we said in the beginning, we got some NFL to talk about and some pop culture to talk about. You know, just a little something, something to give y'all to begin the year and uh, to start your Friday. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, saw you guys enjoyed the last episode, me and Ashwash talking about the challenge and stuff like that. Thank you guys for the likes and the, uh, and the views on that one over there on the YouTubes. I appreciate you guys, but without further ado let's give you guys some more some more classic episodes to listen to it's the best of bias podcast like del denaro you already know what it is you know who i be if you're new here for the new year let me explain how it works you know what i mean it's the best of bias podcast hence the title um you guys bring your bias to the table pretty much coming from the pop culture um i have a lot of guests on usually um to end last year i didn't have many um but 2023 we'll get our guests back plenty of people that you guys know from the best of bias family we need to get the team going this year it's gonna be a whole new upgrade um for all the old listeners all the uh, best of bias family who've been here um you know ever since this podcast started it's been nothing but upgrades you know i've been trying to make the experience better and better for the family you know what i'm saying the best of bias family we started off in the basement in the garage we moved upstairs we got the aesthetics kind of popping off a little bit um but you know what i'm saying we gotta upgrade again it's time for another step you know what i'm saying we right here right now we trying to get right here and we trying to go to the moon you know what i mean as they say in big business you know what i'm saying because this is a business we got the merch we got a lot of stuff in the works that i won't reveal right now we got a lot of uh, artists that we're dealing with um and working with um 
man, we got a bunch of ideas locked in for 2023. But again, let me get not, not get too far from the point here. Um, new listeners, yeah. So basically, whoever we have on, they bring their bias to the table. We talk about that for that episode of their stuff that, you know, that's going on that we plucked from the pop culture sphere and just put it in this episode. We're going to bring our bias to it either way. So it's whatever bias you want to bring to the table, we're going to talk about it and bring our bias to it. And we're going to get the best out of it either way. You know what I mean? So welcome to the Best of Bias family. Um, if you listen for the whole episode, you listen for 25 seconds. I appreciate you and you you part of the family till you not. You know what I mean? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, for the last 17 weeks, obviously, I've been going through the NFL season, um, reviewing every game, making predictions and stuff, and um, seeing what I got right, just so people can, you know, kind of reflect on what they saw this weekend. If you weren't able to watch the games, um, I gave you, I give people some updates on them and let people know what they may have missed or, you know, just want to, you know, gloat because their team did hella good. You know, I might highlight your team. So it's always good to be here for that. Um, and then I get into the pop culture a little later. So without further ado and without too much explaining, because the old listeners are probably, the, you know, the commoners here, probably like, boy, stop explaining everything. But let me get right into it. Let me get right into this shit. So week 17, again, the playoffs are coming. So, you know, some teams have something to play for. Some didn't. Some teams are already out, obviously, and just playing for draft position. Um, some teams are still playing for seating. Some teams are trying to get that wild card. So it's still a lot of shit that that mattered for week 17. Um, oh, shoot. And I said that that uh, Buffalo and Bengals game was on Thursday. It's a Monday night football game. So it was really, really recently. Shoot. Yeah, I'll get into that again at the end of all these because it's the last game of the, on the on the docket. Um, the first game for that Thursday, week 17, was the Cowboys versus the Titans. Um, the Cowboys kind of were expected to win this game. Again, I made my prediction during the game. We recorded last Thursday. I'm doing that again this week, so there might be a game on right now. I'm not too sure, but um, the Cowboys were able to win. The Titans didn't really play anybody. Um, Tannehill's out for the season. I think Derrick Henry didn't play either, and a couple of key players – for the uh, Titans sat out with like injuries, I would say. Um, but I feel like, and a lot of people are speculating, they're just waiting for the, you know, week 18 game against uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause that's actually going to determine the season uh, for one of the teams or both the teams, actually, whoever wins the game is actually going to win the division. Um, so they're probably resting their players to keep, get them as healthy as possible for the game that actually matters, which is the Jaguars game. Um, the Cowboys were able to win um, 27 to 13 um, and move up to 12 and four. And, um, you know, Titans went down to seven and nine. The Cowboys are still in play for that number one seed. Um, if the Eagles do lose, um, I think they may win the number one seed if the Eagles lose. Cause I think they may have, cause they won one game and they, you know, they won one against each other, one and one against each other in the season series. So I'm not too sure how the tiebreaker works, but I think if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win, the Eagles would get the five seed, the first wild card, and the Cowboys would move to um, the winning, uh, the number two seed or something like that. I don't know. But either way, um, the division can flip-flop depending on the outcome of those two NFC East games. Um, the next game was the first Sunday game. We had the Cardinals playing the Falcons, one game that really didn't didn't matter. I call it the battle of the eliminated. Um, the Cardinals were, oh, the Cardinals actually lost. The Falcons won 20 to 19. Um, Cardinals fall to four and 12. Um, once Kyler Murray, you know, tore his uh, 
ACL kind of went downhill for the uh, Cardinals really fast. Uh, Cole McCoy went down, and then they just started pulling people. It seemed like J.J. Watt retired. He was like, nah, it's over with. And then D-Hop kind of shut it down, too. Um, either he got injured or just didn't want to play because the season was over. Didn't want to risk injury, and it was looking bad for him anyway. Um, the Dolphins played the Patriots, a game where the Dolphins pretty much needed to win the game to kind of stay playoff relevant. Um, Pit, or Patriots, a lot of Patriots fans I know are, I heard podcasts of kind of already were kind of coping with not making the playoffs and knowing if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to really make it far. So it was more so a game that uh, the Dolphins needed to win more so. But the Dolphins, Tua had a bad game. I think he got a concussed in this game as well. Skylar Thompson, had, oh, no. Yeah, he, he got concussed. Yeah, was it last game? or I think it might have been last game. And Teddy Bridgewater started this game um, and then ended up getting hurt as well, hurt his hand. So Skylar Thompson had to come in and didn't really do too much for the team. And, yeah, with that kind of carousel going on at quarterback, uh, it, it didn't really pay off for the Dolphins in the end. They started off really hot with Tua and, you know, it kind of went downhill after he got concussed a couple of times in the season, um, people started worrying about his safety and then maybe, I mean, shit, it probably did affect him on the field as well. So him being out there, just kind of a liability for the team and for the player's health. So we're still going to have to wait and see what happens with Tua, but the Dolphins did drop that game. They fell to eight and eight and the Patriots, uh, you know, move up to eight and eight. And it kind of sucks too, because that's a divisional game, which, yeah, with them both being eight and eight could just help them lose their spot in the playoffs. So we're going to see with that. The Saints played the Eagles. The Saints beat the Eagles 20 to 10. Gardner Minshew looked bad. Jalen Hurts sat out again with that shoulder injury. Um, they thought uh, it was good to sit him out again, even though the standings are really close for that seeding stuff that we talked about earlier with the Cowboys and, and the Vikings, obviously. But um, yeah, they sat him again and Minshew kind of blew it. Um, the Saints really didn't have an offense or a team at all this year, but they're able to beat the Eagles. And me personally, they kind of knocked Jalen Hurts for being out the last two games as far as MVP goes. But I feel like with the team performing the way they did without him the last two weeks, I kind of show, I think it really shows that he kind of is the most valuable player if he's on the number one seeded team all year. And without him, they don't look like a number one seed. I don't know. That's just me personally. Um, they're probably going to give it to Patrick Mahomes, but it's whatever. Um, the Eagles fall to thirteen and three, and the Saints moved to uh, seven and nine. Um, it was an interesting thing because the Buccaneers played. For, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but the Saints winning this game was pretty interesting. Keep that in mind. The Saints beating the Eagles, um, because when I talk about the Bucks in two games, it'll matter a little bit here. The Colts, um, they got smacked by the Giants, thirty-eight to ten. Um, the Colts fall to four eleven and one. Probably gonna get the number three pick in the draft. I would say. I think it's gonna go. Uh, Houston, the Bears, and then the Colts. Um, the Giants solidified their playoff spot, their wild card spot with this win. I think it's their first playoff berth since 2016, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Um, there was some controversy in this game. Kayvon Thibodeau, my boy from Oregon, sacked Nick Foles and did a snow angel by him while he was hurt. Um, I, I don't really think he knew he was hurt in the moment when he was doing the celebration because I feel like some of the, sometimes he's – Celebrations are pre-planned to the point where they're going to do what they're going to do if they make a play. And they're not going to think about what happens after. Um, and then when you went, the whole put him to sleep on the sideline thing, I don't think he mean, meant like put him to sleep. I think it means the game was over for him getting that sack. Um, but, you know, everybody's just kind of trying to plant that, you know, villain seed on him. But 
hopefully that'll pass and you know the giants get make a good run in the playoffs i hope they don't beat us if they play us but hope they beat everybody else they play because i mean i i mess with kt i mess with saquon and everybody talks shit about uh daniel jones and he's actually showing himself in this uh in, in the last couple of weeks and uh helped the giants solidify that playoff spot so maybe he earned himself another contract with that game and now the game that I want to talk about, Panthers versus the Buccaneers. With this victory, if we would have won this game, the Buccaneers would solidify the NFC South, win back-to-back, and actually solidify their fourth seed in the playoffs. Um, in the beginning of this game, it did not look pretty. Um, the Panthers went up a quick 14-0. Sam Darnold was making some long-ass passes when we expected him to run the ball pretty much the whole game. But luckily, somehow, uh, Sam Darnold turned back into Sam Darnold towards the middle of the game, started turning the ball over. Um, at first, we were only able to get a field goal out of the the most beneficial turnover of all time. He fumbles the snap right, you know, I guess it's like basically in their red zone, you know what I'm saying, on their 30-yard line. And we end up only getting a field goal out of it. And we thought it was all doom and gloom because they're moving the ball at will. Then our defense actually started to stand up, which, you know, gave me some, you know, it made me proud because next week or when we actually get to the playoffs and actually have to play the Cowboys, we'll have to stop the run and stop the pass. So all our DBs are coming back. Um, I hope we're able to shut down. Actually, I'll get into that later. I should not be going into the playoffs right now because we still have games to play. But either way, in this game here, we were down for, uh, 14 to three. Um, and then the miraculous happened. The last couple of weeks, Mike Evans and Tom Brady did not – seem like they're on the same page at all. Um, they they fell off a cliff with each other. I don't know if they people were speculating they weren't on good terms, but they couldn't make connections at all, man. Uh, Mike Evans would do, uh, do a route one way. Tom Brady would throw the ball this way. Um, Tom Brady would overthrow Mike Evans when he's wide open on a streak. Um, it's just a lot of shit that was going down that wasn't, you know, typical of a Mike Evans and Tom Brady for the last three seasons, you know, Super Bowl winning, and going 13 and four, having the number one offense in the NFL to, you know, it, just to go into shit like this. So we thought it was all bad. But in this game, there was an awakening of Mike Evans and the Tom Brady connection. Um, Tom Brady ended up going 34 for 45, 432 yards and three touchdowns. Mike Evans had 10 catches, 207 yards and three touchdowns. And they were all, you know, go routes, just straight up the field. Um, nobody was over the top. Mike Evans was able to get uh, some separation. Tom Brady put the ball in the right spot. And Mike Evans was able to score three times. You know, two times he was wide open. He just ran to the end zone. Uh, one time he just dropped it in this perfect spot in the back of the end zone where only Mike Evans can catch it, and he did his thing. Um, with that victory, we did solidify ourselves in the NFC South as the champions there, and we did get our playoff spot. Though we didn't really play like we should, you know, deserve it towards the, you know, the whole game. We played shitty, 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 shitty football at the beginning of the game, and we got lucky that Sam Darnold to Sam Darnold and turned the ball over so much towards the middle of the game to give us a chance. And Tom Brady was able to convert back into the Tom Brady of 2021 and 2020 and, uh, you know, make some connections to the big boys, uh, K-Dot and Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin even had 118 yards. I don't know many, how, how many catches he had exactly, but we just need to get Ryan Jensen back for the playoffs. He's getting healthy. Uh, make sure everybody's back. We didn't have Carlton Davis, so that's why DJ Moore was able to do what he was doing. Everybody talks about how J.C. Horn wasn't available for the Panthers, and that's why we were able. To, Mike Evans was able to do what he was able to do. But shit, man, again, we didn't have Carlton Davis and DJ Moore got off, so shut the fuck up with that shit. Anyways, let me not dwell too much on that. We got some more Buccaneers talk later. I'll talk some more about 
Um, but after that, we had the Broncos playing the Chiefs, the four and twelve Broncos, giving the Chiefs a run for their money. Um, but they did end up losing twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, Chiefs moves up to thirteen and three, and the four uh, the Broncos fall to four and twelve. The Bears played the Lions, and the Lions whooped their ass forty-one to ten. Uh, the Lions uh, move up to eight and eight, and the Bears fall to three and thirteen. Jamal Williams, just to highlight what he was doing, twenty-two carries for one hundred forty-four yards and a touchdown. Wild shit. Um, excuse me, that was unprofessional. My bad, y'all. Anyways, uh, the Browns playing the Commanders. The Browns were able to beat the Commanders 24-10, to 10, which is unfortunate for the Commanders because they needed to win this game to stay in playoff contention and stay in the running for the wild card. They lost. So them boys is out of here. The Commanders is watching the playoffs thanks to Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Um, Carson Wentz, three interceptions. I don't know why they took out Taylor Heineke. Uh, Heineke, he he deserved it. He had him on a win streak. Um, he played bad one game. You bench him for Carson Wentz. And then Carson Wentz blows your season. And then you're going to kind of try to go back on that mistake by putting in Sam Howe and benching, still benching Tyler, Tyler Heineke. Uh, Sam Howe was pretty good at North Carolina. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I still feel like you should have gave Tyler Heineke another chance to win his spot back. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars, they beat Houston 31-3. to um, uh, Jacksonville goes to up to 8-8. Eight and eight. Houston falls to two thirteen and one, and Bryce Young is probably going to be the newest Houston Texan. The 49ers and Raiders game. This was a fun one. Um, the Niners were able to win thirty seven to thirty four. Um, not to say it wasn't a high, highly pressurized game. Um, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, Jared Stedman, I think that's his name. Jared Stedman was able uh, to keep the uh, Raiders hanging around. Um, nobody really expected it. Um, Brock Purdy threw an interception. Uh, Robbie Gold mixed, missed a field goal to allow the Raiders to stick around. Um, I think the game actually went into overtime, and the 49ers were able to kick a field goal in overtime due to an interception that Stedman threw due to, you know, Joey Bosa pushing the lineman into that boy's lap. And he, he threw a duck ball into the air, and the 49ers were able to uh, intercept it. And with them driving down the field, they seemed to get in the field goal range and they were able to kick the field goal and win. Even though to get in the field goal range, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. Brock Purdy got blasted as well and there was a duck in the air, but um, a Brandon Ayuk was able to get up and secure the ball. So there was no harm, no foul there. But yeah, and Robbie Gold made up for it by went, uh, kicking that field goal and making it in the, uh, overtime to win the game. So it was an exciting game out there in Vegas on New Year's Day. Crazy game. Uh, the Niners moved to 12 and 4. The Raiders fall to 6 and 10. Uh, man, Derek Carr benched. We're going to wonder where he goes next year. I'm sure next year, when he gets to another team, he's going to ball out. Maybe it'll be the Buccaneers when Tom Brady leaves. I'm not sure if that's going to happen yet. I mean, if, he, if we win the Super Bowl, he'd be crazy to just walk away like that and go to another team and keep playing. But um, if you win the Super Bowl, that's when I would just retire and go make that 200 mil for Fox. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, Derek Carr, yeah, as of now, it's. You're just sitting on that, sitting at home. They're like, go home and not be at the practice facility for a while, just so you won't be a distraction type shit. That's wild. Um, Jets played the Seahawks. Um, the Jets lost twenty three to six, eliminating them from the playoffs. Seahawks won. Um, they are still in the running to make the playoffs in the wild card. I think the Seahawks play who they play this week. The Seahawks play the Los Angeles Rams. If they beat the Rams, they make the playoffs. I believe. 
And then um, if the uh, Packers beat the Lions, then the Packers make the playoffs as well. And that'll solidify the NFC wild card. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. But uh, that's what I think. But I'll get into it when I talk about uh, week 18 scenarios a little bit more. But Mike White was out there, but he was clearly not ready to come back. And they weren't going to start J- uh, Zach Wilson again, the MILF hunter. Um, so, yeah, the Seahawks just blew it. Um, the Vikings got their asses whooped by the Packers. The Packers are on a roll, man. Rodgers said, just watch, see what I do with it. They won their last four games, moving them up to eight and eight. Um, they beat the uh, Vikings 41 to 17. Uh, the Vikings fall to 12 and four. And, you know, the Packers defense is coming alive. They're, you know, clamping the receivers. They come up against, even if they're superstar receivers, like uh, uh, who was it? Jalen Waddle and, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill or it's uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? So he's there. The defense is shutting it down, giving them a chance. And if they win this week against the Lions, they're in the playoffs. So their 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 future is in their own hands, if you will. You know what I mean? The Rams um, didn't continue their magic uh, with beating the Chargers this week. They got decimated 31 to 10. You like that one? Decimated. Uh, yes, they fall to 5 and 11. The Chargers are 10 and 6 now. Um, yeah, so pretty much the Rams are just this free falling, man. Being Super Bowl champions last year, being five and eleven, probably gonna be five and twelve, and they ain't got no draft picks. That is wild shit. The Ravens and the Steelers. The Steelers are able to win 16 to 13. Uh Steelers are still alive in the playoffs. They need a lot to happen for them to make the playoffs, but they still all are alive. Um they uh, move up to eight and eight. The Ravens fall to ten and six, giving the Bengals pretty much a clear path to win that division. Um, and speaking of the Bengals, we get to the Monday Night Football game. We had Buffalo versus the Bengals, which didn't we didn't get to see pretty much uh, because some craziness happened in this uh, game. We saw something that we never usually see in the NFL. I- I've never seen. It's only seen, I mean, it's only heard of in articles like tragedy stories about like high school players or, you know, college players that practice and they pass out on the field type shit like that. Excuse my language because this is a serious subject. Um, NFL player safety, DeMar Hamlin, who plays for the Bills, um, was making a tackle on receiver T. Higgins for the Bengals. And it seemed like a regular tackle in the moment, but it just ended very, very, very weird. Um yeah, it, it, he made the tackle. It was just a regular tackle. He throws uh, Tegan to the ground. He gets up. looks like he was getting ready to celebrate the tackle, and he just falls back down. It, it, it's really crazy to see. I mean, I've seen people, like, be knocked out from concussions and stuff like that during football games and things like that. Uh, but to see somebody get up and just pass out and free fall and just see the players' reactions, not knowing what to do, and just seeing, just, just seeing that, firsthand i was i was shocked i was like this only could be like one thing you know it it could be either a concussion or this man is severely injured he just passed out right here like something is going on um minutes passed and you know usually in these nfl games they huddle up around a injured person after a while they go to a commercial they'll come back with a stretcher you'll see the person being carted off they'll give the thumbs up and everything is all good but Man, this one was crazy. Like, they're on the field for a long time. Um, They went to, like, three or four commercial breaks. They had to break it to studio where nobody really knew what to say. Um, We've only got really five to six minutes into the football game. And 
they made the commentator stay on live on air just to try to explain what they seen. And a lot of NFL players played in the NFL for years and years and never seen nothing like that. So it was hard for them to even explain or even stay like uh, content in that kind of situation because me personally, I teared up a little bit watching that, you know, just me being a football player. I didn't play in the NFL or anything like that. People talk about the NFL brotherhood and, you know, them seeing somebody in the NFL get, NFL get hurt like that. You know, it really strikes a chord for me as a football player in general. If you ever play the sport, there's certain things that happen to you on the field that you wouldn't wish uh, to happen to your worst enemy. You know what I mean? For the heart and sport of the game, like that shit doesn't happen. You know what I mean? The stuff that we witnessed on that Monday night football game, like you see you witness something that. Well, basically, let me explain more what happened. Um, So basically, after a bunch of times of the commercial breaks coming and people not knowing what to say, just wishing well for DeMar Hamlin, uh, people were mentioning that he had to be resuscitated twice. They had to administer CPR twice to him because he he passed away on the field. And the players were down there witnessing what was going on and the CPR being administered and them having to give him oxygen and put him in an ambulance. And it was minutes and minutes and minutes of this. The players were just consuming, consuming shit that they haven't seen this horror. Their 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 comrade, their teammate, their brother is going through something and they're completely helpless. You know what I mean? They don't know what to do. They're in shock. They're like, you know, these grown ass barbaric men are reduced to like little kids at this point because they don't they can't do anything but stand around and just pray that that their teammate, their comrade, their NFL brother is going to pull through and and everything is going to be OK. Um, There's some controversy during the game because this game did have playoff implications, standing implications. Um, the one seed could be determined by the outcome of this game. A division be, can uh, be determined by the outcome of this game, I think. I don't know, because I think the uh, AFC East is pretty much solidified with the Bengals, and I know the Bills probably are solidified. Uh, maybe they aren't solidified in the NFC East. I think with the with the Dolphins losing, they're, they got a pretty good lead out, out there because I don't think the Patriots aren't doing that well and the Jets aren't. So, yeah, I think it's just seeding for the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs for home field for the, in the AFC Championship. So um, during the game and during that time, nobody could really talk about it because – it was um, considered being insensitive. I get it. It is kind of being insensitive, but at the same time, they do ha- kind of have to wonder what's going to happen. Cause this is really unprecedented stuff. People, nobody has ever, as far as I know, had to be resuscitated on the field and players had to witness that happen. So you can't really force those players to go out there and continue to play after seeing something like that, seeing their brother, their comrade, just seeing anybody just something shit like that happen to anybody on the field, because one, they're shook up Two, they're worried about if it could happen to them. Three, it's like, you know, they're kind of questioning their mortality right now. It's like, should I be out here doing shit like this? If this could happen to me at any moment, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot to kind of comprehend and then kind of put on the table that the, game has to be played, especially while this young man is going through this young 24 year old man is going through something that man is definitely life changing, especially having to be resuscitated. The less oxygen he has, they're worried about his brain because they have to keep resuscitating, uh, resuscitating him. They're worried about his, uh, you know, brain functions after losing that much oxygen. So it's just a lot going on. Um, 
but they are talking about suspending the game. Just I think the NFL is too much uh, worried too much about messing up their schedule and the playoff schedule. And um, there there are kind of more so waiting for outcomes on what happens with Demar before they could kind of go into thinking about playing a game or even the game again. Uh, we do have to play games this NFL Week 18, um, and we have gotten some updates on Demar Ham- Demar Hamlin so far. Um, you know he's been responding he he's still um being helped breathe by a breathing tube um but he has been responding um by squeezing hands to his family um they did put on instagram i don't know how true this is but he's able to write to people and he actually first thing he wrote was that we win the game and then the doctor said yes you did win the game you'd won the game of life and by being resuscitated and was actually being able to live so i don't know how true that is but that's what People are saying he is making a, uh, you know, recovery. His brain functions are working due to the fact that he can't squeeze hands in response to what people are saying and that he could, you know, write, did we win? I don't know how well it was, uh, you know, depicted or scripted out, but, you know, it's still a promising sign from where we were that night we saw the game where he had to be resuscitated. So, um, again, these week 18, everybody saw this around the world. There's been pouring support for him. He had a GoFundMe for uh, like a kid's drive um, for toys for kids. Um, everybody's been supporting everybody around the world. The, um, it was at, he was asking for about $250,000 or something like that for the uh, GoFundMe to get to. Um, it's at over $5 million now, I'm sure. Um, all in support of DeMar Hamlin and his uh, recovery. The whole world saw that and everybody's in support of him getting better. And um, prayers are out to him and his family. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, it's, I, I can only comprehend how playing next week's game is going to be for these players, not only on the Bengals and the Bills, but just everybody else in the NFL from seeing that. You know what I mean? But speaking of NFL Week 18, I got some previews and some spreads and some predictions for y'all. If I got my stuff right last week, just let me know. Put it in the comments. Make sure I kept myself honest. You know, my predictions, you know, you know, I got some I got some spice in the last week. Some team, some people might be mad at me because I didn't pick their teams. I might be uh, picking their teams to get upset. But sometimes, you know, I feel how I feel. You know what I'm saying? This is gut reactions sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to NFC South. Don't take my betting advice on that because I'm always going to hope all the NFC South teams lose. You know what I mean? So. With that being said, let's get into this week's spreads and, and, you know, this week's games. Las Vegas is at home versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs in that game, nine and a half, depending on if they, well, I'm sure they're going to play all their starters because they're trying to win that one seed and the game was canceled. So I think, um, I think what they're trying to do is get the NFC Championship played at a neutral site so that the advantage of uh, that game being canceled won't affect um you know, the outcome of the Bills and the Chiefs game too much because, you know, how the fairness isn't really there because they couldn't continue to play. They couldn't, they couldn't squeeze the game in um, too late in the season. So it was kind of like something they had to kind of like flex at this point just to say this is what's going to have to happen for it to be fair for both teams. Um, but anyways, I got the Chiefs winning that game. Jags are playing the Tennessee Titans for the NFC, or the AFC South. Um, the Jags are at home and I got the Jags winning. They're favored by six and a half points, but I still got the Jags winning. Uh, the Bucks are playing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by four and a half points. Um, I don't know, man. Basically, they wanted to get their starters in there and the starting offensive players out there to play to keep their, um, you know, 
keep their continuity going and their familiarance with each other uh, so it can go smoothly into the playoffs when they play the Cowboys. But me, I'm worried about injuries, especially, well, in Atlanta, it's a dome. So hopefully everybody can stay healthy. It's going to be dry inside there. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Hopefully they just play a quarter or something to make sure they're still on track. Um, all the linemen that are coming back from injuries, they need to get healthy. Our DBs need to stay healthy. So I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, if we lose, it doesn't matter. But the record would look better at 9-8. and eight rather than eight and nine. Um, I'm going to pick us regardless. So I got Tampa Bay in this game. Um, Buffalo versus New England. Buffalo's at home and uh, they don't have a spread. Oh, well, when I checked, they didn't have a spread on this one yet, but I got Buffalo in this game. They're going to want to win too, um, especially since they didn't play last week and they want to win for their homie, DeMar Hamlin. Um, Chicago's at Minnesota. Chicago's at actually Chicago is at home against Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three points. I got Minnesota in that game. Cincinnati's at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. I got the Baltimore Ravens in that game. Yeah. It's going to be a battle. I don't think anybody's going to sit their starters, so I think I, I think I got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that's an upset. That's an upset right there. Mark it off. That's the first upset I got. Um, let's see what else we got. Baltimore Ravens. What's next? What's next? Oh yeah. Broncos at home versus the Chargers. Chargers favored by three. I got the Chargers. Let's go Herbert. Um, Green Bay Packers versus Detroit. Um, Green Bay's at home. Green Bay's favored by four and a half points. And if the Green Bay Packers win, they're in. So they're going to be really motivated to get in. Uh, the Lions are going to be highly motivated to not let them get in. I know the Lions are eliminated if Seattle wins or something like that. So I'm, I think they're saying that they may not have much to play for if Seattle wins earlier in the day. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a battle and it's a rivalry in division. Ooh, the Packers are probably going to win, but I would love to see Detroit eliminate Green Bay and the Packers. Sorry, Jaime. But I, I don't want to see... Green Bay in the playoffs. Uh, Colts are at home versus the Texans, and they're favored by two and a half points. I got the Colts in this game because I know Texans are going to get that number one pick. Uh, Miami's playing the Jets at home. Miami is favored by one and a half points. I think Miami will win that game. The Saints are at home against the Panthers. I got the Panthers in that game. Oh, no. I, yeah, it doesn't matter now, so I got the Panthers because I don't want the Saints to win anything. Um, the Saints are favored by three and a half at home, though. Eagles at home are against the Giants. Eagles are favored by 14 points. I think it's because the Giants aren't going to start anybody since they're solidified in the playoffs. They're going to rest their players, and they're going to let the Eagles win the division with that win because if the Cowboys win and they lose, I think the Cowboys can win the division, if I'm not wrong. Pittsburgh at home versus the Browns. Uh, Pittsburgh needs to keep winning to stay in playoff contention and let the everything fall as it may. Um, Pittsburgh is favored by three points at home. Um, I got Pittsburgh in that game. 49ers at home against the Arizona Cardinals, favored by 14 points, and I think they're going to smack them up. Uh, Seahawks at home against the Rams. Seahawks favored by six and a half points. I think the Seahawks will win that game. And then Commanders are at the Cowboys. No, actually, Cowboys are at the Commanders. Uh, Dallas is only favored by three and a half points because they're probably going to set a lot of their starters as well to get ready for the playoffs uh, in Tampa. So, again, to reiterate who I got, I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs in Las Vegas. I got the the Jaguars at home versus the Titans. I got the Bucks in Atlanta. I got the Bills at home versus the Patriots. I got the Minnesota Vikings in Chicago. I got uh, the Baltimore Ravens upsetting Cincinnati in Cincinnati. I got the Denver Broncos losing to Justin Herbert 
in uh at home. So pretty much I got the Chargers winning in, in Denver. Um I got the Detroit Lions beating the uh no no I'm not even gonna say that. I got Green Bay winning at home beating the Detroit Lions. Uh Indianapolis Colts I got them beating the Texans at home. Miami I got them beating the Jets at home. Carolina I got them beating the Saints in New Orleans. I got Philly winning at home against the Giants. I got Pittsburgh beating the Cleveland Browns at home. I got the 49ers at home beating the Cardinals. I got the Seahawks beating the Rams at home. And I have the Cowboys beating the Commanders in Washington. And that is my week 18 predictions. And those are the lines and those are the spreads. So bet wisely. You can use my predictions if you like, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, don't don't be mad at me. Run to the bank uh, with your own decisions. Use your gut. But use the research I just gave you some of the outcomes from last week, some of the information that you got on your own and do what you may as it. I mean, um, with it, you know what I'm saying? If you want to break me off a little something, if you use my advice to get you some money, I won't, I won't mind. Get you some merch. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to directly pay me or nothing like that. I'll just get you some merch. And I will be um locking in with the Patreon really soon. I'm going to do some uh, research this weekend, Um, you know, get some exclusive content, um, for the people that do subscribe to the Patreon, some stickers to you guys, some best to buy a sticker, start making those for people as well. So um, I, I love the fans and I thank all you guys for being a part of this experience. Um, 2023, like I said, we're going to continue to go up. We're going to continue to make moves um, and we're going to continue to give you guys the flavor you guys like and the best of best of buy that you like to. Um, so let's take a little break here. I got some pop culture to talk about. We talked about the DeMar Hamlin updates. I talked about that with the game. I was going to talk about it separately for pop culture, uh, but that just gives us more time to talk about these last two pop culture topics. We got the Rolling Stone uh, magazine, of course, um, their top 200 singers. Um, we're going to talk about the blasphemy of them putting uh, Michael Jackson at 86. And we'll talk about everybody else that they had on the list as well. Um, and then we'll give you a review of Avatar 2. I saw it in 3D. I'll tell you guys how I liked it. Some of my critiques and some of my likes and um, just what I expect from number four, five, uh, three, four, and five. Um, but yes, yeah, the Best of Bias podcast. We'll get you something to drink because I know I'm about to. Um, and be right back. It's the Best of Bias podcast 2023. Happy Friday, y'all. And we back. It's the Best of Bias podcast. It's your favorite host, like Del De Niro. And we back to do the most. You know what I'm saying? It's time for some pop culture. Again, thank you guys for bearing with me through the sports. For all my non-sports fans, we back to the pop culture segment where everybody gets excited. So I have a couple of things here. Not too much. I have, um, you know, Avatar 2 to review. I'm going to review that a little bit down the line. But let me get into this real quick. Rolling Stone just recently re- uh, released a top 200 singers um, of all time. Um, it's a long list. I'm not going to talk about the whole list, not get into the whole list. It's a bunch of, bunch of people, a lot of people that I have never heard of, um, a lot of rock and roll people, a lot of people from the early 1900s, you know what I'm saying? So I can't really be that judgmental on all the names they put on this, this list. There was just one name on the list that I figured was way far down. Number 86, we have the one, the only Michael Jackson. So um, I was sitting here looking at this list and some of the names on the list. Um, No shade. Let me start by saying that I don't want to help, you know, no shade to nobody on here. I'm just being comparative to Michael Jackson. I'm Rolling Stone. I'm not trying to burn any bridges either, but some of this shit is kind of crazy to me. 
Um, and I love a lot of people on this list, especially some of the people that are high on the list. I'm like, okay, congratulations for being there. There's something unique about your voice probably. Um, but sometimes um, some people in these lists, I think it's kind of like more so this person made hits and had a, a lot of commercial success. So you put them higher on the list. And then we did give some people credit for having really good voices up there, but I don't think uh, uh, everybody got enough I don't know. I don't think the criteria were the same for everyone. You know what I mean? Especially Michael Jackson being 86. So just that 86, that number 86, keep that in mind. I'm going to rattle off some of these numbers of people above Michael Jackson's 86. And if I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm wrong. You know what I mean? You can tell me I'm wrong. But me personally, uh, I, I think I pretty have, I have a good, you know, perception of a good voice i mean i may not be as educated on all these people's voices and their instrumentation and the way that they sang in this style of music which made their their singing repertoire better than michael jackson's you know what i'm saying i want to come off as pompous and feeling like i know everything but it's just like really okay let me go into here 75 we have d'angelo me personally I didn't really think D'Angelo had a better voice than Michael Jackson or the commercial success of Michael Jackson, which is kind of crazy to me for them to put D'Angelo at 65. 68, we have Rihanna. So Rihanna, super talented, beautiful voice, but we're putting Rihanna above Michael Jackson as the Rolling Stones' two, top 200 top singers. Um, I don't know if maybe Michael Jackson maybe hurt Rolling Stone in the past or, you know, did something that they didn't like, but to put them at 86 behind Rihanna, I love Aaliyah. I love Aaliyah. Don't get me wrong. Rest in peace, Aaliyah. I love her to death. Well, I love her to infinity. Um, but to have her at number 40 and have Michael Jackson at 86 is pretty tough to explain. Dolly Parton at 27 and having Michael Jackson at 86. This is where I get, I coming in, I'm like, okay, I don't really know much about country music. And I know Dolly Parton had that high pitch. She can like fluctuate her voice for sure. And she had it. People love Dolly Parton. But to be 27 and Michael Jackson beat number 86. And then voice, voice wise, we have Brandy in like number 193, Jasmine Sullivan, like 186. You know what I'm saying? These are, you know, Singers that maybe have a different style of music, but voice wise, if we're talking about singing, I think singing has a lot to do with the voice because what are you talking about songwriting? Because a lot of these people, I'm sure, didn't write their own music. And if that was the criteria, Michael Jackson should definitely be higher than 86, at least, you know, I, I don't know. And then we have his direct competitor at 16, Prince. I know my mom's going to hate from uh, hate that I'm hating on Prince for being number six. Uh, 16, but for Michael Jackson to be number 86 and Prince to be number 16, that's a pretty big difference given, I don't know, the popularity of Michael Jackson and the popularity of Prince is pretty close, you know what I mean? For him to be 16th at best singer in Michael Jackson 86. Then we have Mary J. Blige at 25, which I thought was really, really high in comparison to Michael Jackson. Don't get me wrong, I'm saying all these singers are great. They're great people. But comparatively to Michael Jackson being number 86 is the wildest shit of all time. Uh, let me go down to top 10 right here. If you guys haven't seen the list, the top 10, number one, Aretha Franklin, number two, Whitney Houston, number three, Sam Cooke, number four, Billie Holiday, 
Number five, Mariah Carey. That was another interesting one because, you know, she can do those high pitch things with her voice and she can really fluctuate it for a while. But I don't think she it lasted forever. One, I'm not hating. And also after I was gone, I feel like her singing was pretty much done with. I feel like singers, other singers, as they age, still stayed really good singers. You know what I mean? I don't know. Could be hate, but for her to be number five is wild. Ray Charles, number six, um, for her to be over Stevie Wonder is crazy. It's crazy to me. Um, Stevie, Stevie Wonder, number seven, Beyonce, eight, Otis Redding, number nine, and Al Green, number 10. Um, some, some of the notable, notable people they left off the list, uh, Celine Dion, um, they left off Madonna. Did they leave off Madonna? Yeah, they left off Madonna. Um, Dion, Warwick, I think they left off the list. Um, who else? Who else? There were some other notable people that they just didn't even add on there. It was just kind of like, what? The, why? Um, I don't know. Justin Bieber is not on there either. Not to say that, you know, Justin. Well, I feel like Justin Bieber should be over some people on there. Um, Lady Gaga number forty eight was deserved. Lady Gaga could sing her ass off, and she can act. She's 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 a star. Um. But man, Michael Jackson, number 86. You guys check out the list. Let me know what you guys feel about that. Let me know what you guys feel. Um, that's just, this is wild. I mean, these lists sometimes, I know they're put out to cause controversy to get them talked about and put on podcasts like this and stuff like that. But sheesh, you can't disrespect the legend. I mean, I know there's people out there that don't like Michael Jackson based on his past and some of the stuff that he was accused of in the past. And maybe that did have some standing in his number 86. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who had trouble past being a artist, you know, singer or not. Just these people are go through some stuff in art, you know, how people get their art. There's different stages and different processes and not saying that what Michael Jackson was accused of was part of his process to make him great. It's just... People go, these people have all have gone through ups and downs and had rocky pasts, but I feel like it shouldn't necessarily reflect on how they are reviewed as a singer. Though R. Kelly should be on the list, and if they're not taking the legal stuff and using that to weigh their decisions, he would be somewhere pretty high on this list. I haven't seen every name. Maybe he is, but I think since he got in his legal trouble on the shit that he did, deservedly so, um, that he wasn't included on the list and Michael Jackson wasn't proven guilty for anything. So I guess that would be shady just to say that they put him 86 for that. So I don't know. It was just weird. Maybe they, they did it on purpose just cause I feel like little Michael alone could out sing a lot of these people they had in the high forties. You know what I mean? It's just kind of wild. There's like three sections of Michael Jackson that you can just put against Everybody, you had the young Michael Jackson, you had the prime Michael Jackson, and then you had the older Michael Jackson who tried to come out and sing in the later 2000s with the older people in the 2000s, you know what I'm saying? So there's three stages of Michael Jackson, I feel like, to hold uh, a torch to some of these people that they put higher on the list. But let me digress. I know you all want to hear about the uh, the big Shabowski, so I'm going to go dual cameras. Dual camera time, dual camera time, because it's time for me to review what you guys all want to hear about. I know, I know, it's time. You know what I'm saying? I haven't done a movie review in a while, but I'm reviewing Avatar 2 right now. I recently saw it. I know it's been a while, about two weeks that it's been out. I've been slacking, um, but I didn't want to go in there and sit shoulder to shoulder with somebody in a three hour and ten uh three hour and ten minute movie so i decided to wait a little bit but i have a good review for y'all i have a lot of this stuff fresh in my mind though it was three hours so let me hop right into it 
Me personally, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was a really good movie. Visually, it it gave what it was supposed to give. Um, back in I don't know what year it actually the first one came out, but wherever uh, whatever year it was, it was ahead of its time with the graphics and the scenery they had on Pandora and just all the shit that they were able to do with the 3D. Just having the uh you know the Navi being so big in comparison to the regular people, the CGI was just so advanced that it, it was ahead of its time. Um, and for them to have to try to come back and do that again in 2022 and capture our attention and let us jump right back into what we saw back then, they did a good job. Um, Story-wise, I don't feel like they did what they needed to do. Um, they kind of just rehashed what they did before. Um, but ultimately, Avatar 2, I feel like, was a success. Um, the 3D glasses, at first I was kind of skeptical because when I got in the theater, our screen was hella pink and wasn't adjusted for the 3D glasses. I was like, hold on, hold on. Y'all told us to put these on and the screen sucks, so I'm not going to be sitting here in this fucked up movie in this goddamn... Yeah. But anyways, eventually it started to work. And right when they put you in the movie and jump you into Pandora, into the forest, you get reimmersed right back into where you were before. You're like, goddamn. Yeah, this is what I remember. Visually, they did their thing. Um, you know, we saw everything again in the forest as far as, you know, a lot of the creatures we saw because they're forest people. Um, we do get the get a speed uh, visual of Sully and sorry, her, them having their kids. They have like two kids. No, they have three kids. Um, then they have, um, you know, the old lady that they had in the lab working with them in the first movie, she died, but she was able to get her body converted into an avatar who was pregnant, um, who ended up having a kid mysteriously, who Sully ended up adopting as well. And then they had another kid who was stranded from the sky people um, when they got forced off of Pandora when they had that first big battle in the first movie. So there was a bunch of, uh, they had four kids in the family and there was them too. Um, right in the beginning, the sky people come back. Um, the generals resurrected inside a Navi body. Um, they were able to get hold of Navi bodies um, to artificially generate some. And a lot of the soldiers that died during the battle in the first movie came back as Navi to come try to fight and find Sully and just fuck them up for fucking up um, what they were trying to do in the first movie, basically. And they come right back in the beginning of the movie and they fuck up the whole forest and force their family to someplace else because if they keep staying in the forest where their home is, they're going to get destroyed by the sky people looking for them, basically. So it's pretty much the same story. The general was resurrected, the general from the first movie. Um, he was killed in the first movie. Spoiler alert, this is the review time, so you guys should know that I'm going to come with the spoilers right now. So face yourself. Uh, yeah, Um the general comes back as an avatar, as a Navi, um, and just kind of hunts them the whole movie. Um, they go through the trials and tribulations, the same shit that Sully did to go get himself, get themselves a dragon, learn how to bond with the animals, kind of like a speed uh, lesson, kind of weird. Uh, but ultimately, once they do catch up with them and realize that they're being hunted, the family, Sully's family and them feel like uh, realize they're being hunted, they have to leave the forest and go somewhere else so they can protect the forest from the sky people and the new Navi that are now chasing them who are really the Marines from the sky people. You get what I'm saying? You still with me? You still with me here? Um, they do follow them um, and chase them down, but 
uh, Sully and their family get acclimated into a new tribe. They get um, all the way across Pandora to where it's like these islands and it's like tropical out there. And they we see a whole new style of avatar. It's like a, a, a water style. Uh, it's not the Navi, it's not their name. Their tribe is just lighter blue and they're like adapted to the water. So they're able to dive deep distances. They're able to bond with like a lot of water creatures and they're the water people basically, essentially to the um, Sully and the Navi's kind of, I think they're all called Navi. I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, um, they pretty much adapt to all the stuff that is in the water and they, you know, live off the water, just like um, Sully and the Navi live off, lived off the forest. Um, at first they get there. It's the classic, oh, outcast story. You guys look a little different from us. Um, we're going to bully you a little bit. You guys don't belong here type shit. Um, but after they kind of like get through that whole part of the story, they get acclimated into this new part of Pandora we've never seen. And this is where the dope shit comes in. We see a whole bunch of new shit in the ocean that we've never seen before. The motion capture of all these uh, characters' faces is so crazy. It really seems like these people are diving underwater and trying to hold their breath and breathe underwater. Usually, it'll be some CGI shit and, you know, the, it'll make them seem like they can breathe underwater forever and it'll be all fake and shit like that. But no, they actually were able to capture these characters swimming and make it seem like they're really in the ocean and with it being 3d the layers of what you were seeing was so dope um they do have 4d i wasn't able to see it in 4d but i do want to go back and maybe see it in 4d where you can actually visual or get to feel some of the you know and sense some of the stuff that was happening out there um it was just crazy you had to actually see it because i mean the experience and nostalgia of you seeing the first one when they're in the forest and stuff and you actually going back and getting to see um them in the water and just seeing the uh you know sully and his family just try to learn how to adapt to the water and how different they actually are than these other avatar people it, it's crazy um that part of the movie was really cool to me we got to see how they adapted and how they learned the ways of um the water people to adapt but obviously eventually um the, the general does find where they are uh hanging out on the water chilling um it was pretty much the you know um the white you know but there was a son you know i said of the sky people that was adopted by a Sully and his family he was a human you know so he wasn't like a, a navi or an avatar type creature so he was just a human that had to you know breathe through a breathing apparatus to stay and live on pandora um, he ended up actually being the general son who he had and left on Pandora when the sky people got forced out. So they called him Spider, but he actually hated his dad and hated the sky people because they left him there to be adopted by the uh, the, the Navi. Um, the Navi were his family now and he's appreciative of it. But, you know, in all actuality, this general dude, this evil guy that's been chasing him both movies was really his dad. So throughout the movie, um, we see him kind of have to battle with the fact that the bad guy is his dad. And though he is trying to kill his real family that adopted him, that is his, you know, he loves his dad and he has feelings for him. And he does want to kind of broach that relationship. But, you know what I'm saying? It, it kind of fucks over Sully and his family throughout the movie because he is kind of showing uh, the general how uh to be an avatar and showing them the waves of the ad navi which is kind of fucking over sully and terry and her family because they're being hunted by this guy and then on the actual same side uh sully and his kids his kids are he has two sons 
around the same age and a young daughter. And we were talking about the young scientist, her daughter that they actually adopted. She was kind of like a teenager as well, but the middle son was just so defiant and didn't listen and always did everything his dad told him not to do, his parents not to do, which caused a bunch of bullshit in the movie. Um, some There was some really sad points in the movie, a lot of, a lot of death, so be ready for that when you do see it if you haven't seen it now. Um, actually, what am I talking about? I'm spoiling it right now. It's three weeks in. So, yeah, the son being shot and killed due to the middle son not listening and having to be hella extra. Um, the whale type creatures were one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, them being able to uh, show the scales of these giant whale type creatures and they were bonding with them, talking to them, how they were like spirit animals. But at the same time, they were able to communicate with them. It was dope, man. A lot of the visuals... It was just breathtaking. I can't really explain everything without you actually being there to see it. So I do encourage everybody to go see it. Um, in the end, um, basically, it was the same as the first one. They defeat the general. They escape for now. Um, there's a lot of high stakes going on a lot throughout the movie. The big-ass watercraft going underwater. These daughters and sons keep getting handcuffed. Goddamn, stay away from these goddamn handcuffs. They keep getting locked up hella fast. You guys know what I mean. Um <clears throat> But yeah, it was a good movie, man. It, it, three hours and 10 minutes. It could have been shorter. A lot of the movie could have been cut out um, because essentially the story was the same movie. Um, they just spent a lot of time kind of showing us different aspects and different feelings of each character and kind of stretching the movie to where it was like, okay, we're going to show you all these visuals. It took us like a billion dollars to make this movie and hell of years to make this movie. We're going to stretch it out and show you every aspect of this water, this water place of Pandora that we can. So I don't know. All in all, I really like the movie. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than the first one. I'd have to see it again to really be a judge because I've seen Avatar one hella times. Um, you know, and I, and I really did like the aspect of them actually being able to go in and out of the body and them having to sneak around and do that in the number one movie. Um, this one with them being bonded and everything is just kind of, you know, the stakes aren't as high, but I do. Uh, damn, I watched what did I, I did really like it again. The visuals were crazy. I want to see it in 4d and just see how that ends up being, uh, my expectations for number three, four and five, uh, I don't know what the, you know, I hope the storyline changes. I'm sure that planet is really big. There's hella different, like, places to explore. Um, probably different, Navi, a bunch of different Navi tribes and a bunch of different people to see. Um, probably people of the ocean, people of the forest. You got people of the desert, people of the, the people everywhere. You know what I mean? I just hope that, you know, since the general was saved by Spider at the end, I hope it's not the same shit every movie. He just keeps coming back, trying to uh, hunt down Sully, and they just destroy where they're staying at, and then have to move to another place and them learn about it. That would be kind of lame. Um, but they did say if uh, number two didn't make its money back or make enough money or was a hit, they were just going to make number three and scrap four and five. I think they should make it, man, because I'm kind of excited to see where they can go next and what the next uh, adventures could be um, for Sully and his family, especially as they grow up, especially after one of the sons died. Um, that middle son is probably going to feel responsible and kind of grow up to be a savage. You know what I mean? So. I'm excited to see the growth of the family, to see what's next. I thought Nateri was going to die in that movie because we didn't really see her that much in the trailer. Um, but yeah, she was in it. She didn't really do much but cry. Um, but her crying, boy, shoot, that had me emotional sometimes, had me tearing up. I'm like, oh my God, her crying is just... <laughs> Whoever her voice acting coach is, uh, she's killing shit. So Zaldana, 
Um, but yeah, I give it, I would, I would rate it an eight out of 10 for sure. Um, just for the visuals alone, pushed it up. I mean, with that, without the visuals, the way they were with that story, I probably give it a seven. Um, but with the visuals, I give it a full another point, give it up to an eight. Um, after I see it again, it may move up to an 8.5, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, there's so much to look at, you know what I mean? I could just be looking everywhere in the movie and, um, yeah, uh, I, I might go see it again relatively soon, but I do give it an eight out of 10. And with that, I guess we wrapped up this week's episode. Um, whew, happy new year. Sorry to blow your ears out right there. I don't know why my shit keeps doing that. Um, happy new year. Happy Friday. Thank you guys for being here today. You know where to find your boy at. It's SAC underscore Lydell on the Instagram, Patrick underscore Lydell on the Snapchat. Um, if you're looking for anything Best of Bias, I got the website back up. I'm going to work on that um, pretty soon. I have bestofbias.com. Um, you can listen to all the old episodes. I've said this a lot, but I haven't mentioned it recently. Um, episodes 1 through 98 are all on Best of Bias podcast. And let me just make sure. Let me check my phone just to make sure I ask my phone's up there. But um, it's the Best of Bias podcast. I have episodes um, one through 98. And then I have Best of Bias podcast with the Bears face. Um, the old ones, me and um, Hugo Twilight. That's the guy you hear talking in the intro all the time, Hugo Twilight. Uh, but that's episodes one through 98. That's who I started the podcast with. Um, we have all the old store stuff there, just kind of random stuff we talked about in the beginning. We have a lot of show reviews on that side, all the uh, Marvel shows we reviewed over the years. Um, we started this podcast in 2019, guys, so it's been a while, man. It's almost three, four years going now. Um, so it's only elevation from here. If you want to hear any of that stuff, it's over there. But episodes 99 through, we are, we're at 147 now, are all on Best of Bias podcast. Um, you see the use of growly. You'll see his face. Um, just click on there. You'll see all these episodes, but websites are still in the works. Um, if you need merch, hit me up on any, you know, any platform. If you see my face, you see growly's face. That's me. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, uh, Twitter as SAC Lydell, or I think I might be that. Um, I'm on Snapchat. Of course, Patrick underscore Lydell. We're on the YouTube best of bias podcast, like subscribe, tell your friends. Of course, it's probably how you're watching now. So you probably know about that already. Um, get you some beautiful struggle merch as well. Um, we talked about that last episode with Ashwash for promoting that. Um, what else we got coming up? Uh, we got AKA coming up, uh, Deshaun coming up. Deshaun said he's been wanting to get here and talk to you guys, but he just couldn't make it in. I'm starting to build this stuff back here for Deshaun because he's going to start coming in here a lot more and sit with me talking about some stuff so we can get a, a studio vibe going. That's why we still just got the media, the computer stuff. But that's just some of the future stuff that you can look forward to in 2023. Um, but I am going to work on getting a guest for you guys next week. I'm going to try to lock somebody down for Wednesday. Uh, let me know down low who you guys want to see. And I'll get him back on here from the views last week. I know y'all is liking the Ashwash cameo. Um, we may need to get B-Rons on here. Let's see um, if they both can get on here next Wednesday to talk about the challenge again. Um, we never know who's going to pop up in the Best of Bias podcast. But thank you guys for being here. Thank you, new listeners, for being here and joining the family. Hopefully you're back next time. If it's your last time listening, thank you for listening either way. Um, but it's the end of the podcast where I like to let them know where my theme song is at. And I think it's right here. Um, stay safe in all that rain if you're in the Bay Area because it's crazy right now. Um, and everybody still go out there and pray for DeMar Hamlin, pray for a speedy recovery. Um, and happy New Year, happy Friday, and rejoice, enjoy your weekend. It's the Best of Bias podcast. It's light out of there and I'm out of here. It's the best, uh, best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us from pop culture.
to the movies to unite us. It's the best, uh, best of bias. Uh, your best of bias. Yeah.